into a yard that might once have been a cattle market, but which had now been commandeered by the army for what looked like a supply depot. Large carts unloaded cases and sacks and crates, which were being carried to surrounding warehouses, and there seemed to be a constant stream of officers from every regiment, conferring and sometimes quarrelling as they moved around in groups. The arrival of a striking young woman and her maid naturally attracted some attention, and the conversation for a moment was quelled and almost ceased. "'Please don't trouble yourselves,' said Sophia, looking around calmly. "'I'm here to see my father, Mr. Trenchard.' A young man stepped forward. "'Do you know the way, Miss Trenchard?' "'I do, thank you.' She walked towards a slightly more important-looking entrance to the main building, and followed by the trembling Jane, she climbed the stairs to the first floor. Here she found more officers, apparently waiting to be admitted, but this was a discipline to which Sophia was not prepared to submit. She pushed open the door. "'You wait here,' she said. Jane dropped back, rather enjoying the curiosity of the men. The room Sophia entered was a large one, light and commodious, with a handsome desk in smooth mahogany and other furniture in keeping with the style, but it was the setting for commerce rather than society, a place of work, not play. In one corner, a portly man in his early forties was lecturing a brilliantly uniformed officer. "'Who the devil has come to interrupt me?' He spun round, but at the sight of his daughter... His mood changed, and an endearing smile lit up his angry red face. "'Well?' he said. But she looked at the officer. Her father nodded. "'Captain Cooper, you must excuse me.' "'That's all very well, Trenchard.' "'Trenchard?' "'Mr. Trenchard. But we must have the flower by tonight. My commanding officer made me promise not to return without it.' "'And I promise to do my level best, Captain.' The officer was clearly irritated, but he was obliged to accept this, since he was not going to get anything better. With a nod, he retired, and the father was alone with his girl. Have you got it? His excitement was palpable. There was something charming in his enthusiasm, this plump, balding master of business who was suddenly as excited as a child on Christmas Eve. Very slowly, Squeezing the last drop out of the moment, Sophia opened her reticule and carefully removed some squares of white pasteboard. I have three, she said, savouring the occasion. One for you, one for Mamma, and one for me. He almost tore them from her hand. If he had been without food and water for a month, he could not have been more anxious. The copper plate printing was simple and elegant. The Duchess of Richmond, at home, 23 Rue de la Blanchisserie, Thursday the 15th of June, 1815. Carriages, 3 o'clock. Dancing, 10 o'clock. He stared at the card. I suppose Lord Bellasis will be dining there? She is his aunt. Of course. There won't be a dinner, not a proper one, just the family and a few people who are staying with them. 
They always say there's no dinner, but there usually is. You didn't expect to be asked? He dreamed, but he didn't expect it. No, no. I'm content. Edmund says there's to be a supper sometime after midnight. Don't call him Edmund to anyone but me. Still, his mood was gleeful again, his momentary disappointment already swept aside by the thought of what lay in store for them. You must go back to your mother. She'll need every minute to prepare. Sophia was too young and too full of unearned confidence to be fully aware of the enormity of what she had achieved. Besides which, she was more practical in these things than her star-struck papa. It's too late to have anything made. But not too late to have things brought up to standard. She won't want to go. She will, because she must.